Well, Homer, your hunger strike lasted 12 amazing days. Oh, me so hungry. Of course you are, hungry, hungry Homer. So why not break your fast with our brand new Isotope Dog Supreme? Oh, oh, so hard to resist. Mesquite grilled onions, jalapeno relish. Wait a minute. Those are Southwestern ingredients! <gasps> Mango lime salsa? It's the kind of bold flavor they enjoy in Albuquerque! He's right! Yeah, and a rapper says Albuquerque isotopes. Omar was right. They're planning to move the team. No, 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 no. See here, people. Let's not be too hasty. Tell the truth. Come on, everybody. Don't listen to him, Duffman. For once in your life, stand up for the little guy. New feelings brewing in Duffman. What would Jesus do? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode CABF09. It was a good one. It was Hungry Hungry Homer. I am Dando. I am Guy, and that noise you hear in the background is my belly rumbling because uh, not on a hunger strike, just uh, haven't eaten for a couple of hours, and my stomach is now eating itself. <laughs> <laughs> Hour number two as opposed to day two. <laughs> How many hours would it take for you to get down to a B cup? Oh, dear God. Uh, it's not so many, it's not hours or days, things like months at this stage of the proceedings. <laughs> I've just indulged myself too much. I like to, I like to say during COVID quarantine, but really just in life. This is the thing though, I feel like because of COVID, because of the lockdown, 2020 is a write-off where you were allowed to put on weight and not feel too guilty about it. Everyone's like, oh yeah, it's just COVID lockdown, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. So I feel like normally, you know, the same people put weight on every year in winter and they just blame it on whatever, this, that and the other. But I feel like i large percentage of the population this year have put on weight so everyone's just kind of going yeah no I feel you buddy it was good wasn't it sitting around eating ice cream watching Netflix you know <laughs> I, I don't know if we said it on the show or maybe talked about it uh, offline but uh, yeah something that 2020 has done has made people a lot more sort of understanding and forgiving of various things whether it's sort of you know psychological or mental issues like you know anxiety or depression or whatever but i think it might have also yeah, given people a bit of sort of uh lee when it came to, when it comes to putting an extra a few inches on the waistline or whatever as well yeah i think people are going to be like oh man don't yeah don't sweat it <laughs> who has who hasn't put some weight on before we get into hungry hungry home i just want to throw a mention out to all of our listeners from the uk and the us and all around the world who are struggling at the moment with covid i know it's terrible times where you guys are all from so uh you know just let you know that we're all thinking of you and we hope you'll pull through just follow the rules be safe and we'll get through it all together yep mask up uh be sensible be safe and uh yeah 
look, we've, we've been through it here, but uh, particularly Dando and I here in Vic- – well, not particularly the two of us, but, you know, in Victoria, Australia, we've um, – We caused the outbreak. We but- did. Yeah, look, we, we were, you know, sort of ground zero for a while, but, uh, you know, you're able to turn this around if you, uh, if you behave responsibly. So, uh, look, we've, we're certainly feeling for you and uh, we're pulling for you. Good luck, guys. Now, feeling very good today, not just because I really enjoyed Hungry Hungry Homer, but because I paid a visit to my Uncle John this afternoon, who's recently moved house. He lives in the same house for like 27, 28 years, and he's just finally moved house, Mm -hmm. and I was just helping him move a few bookshelves and things like that, and he goes, oh, I've got a couple of records here, I thought you might want them. I'm just going to pick them up here in my hands so I can describe them to the listeners. Please do. So, one of them is an original Do the Bart Man, (laughs) and the other one is an original Deep Deep Trouble featuring Bart and Homer. So original LPs, uh, seven-inch vinyl, not the not the full twelve-inch ones. Um, so he goes to me. I've got a couple of records. I don't know. I was gonna. I was supposed to give these to you years ago. I just forgot about. It. Did, did you still want them? And I was like, does the best shit in the woods? Fuck me. Of course I want to want these. These are like <laughs> these are great. These are like hard to find in Australia in particular. And there's also Simpsons Sing the Blues, which I purchased from the UK, but I got sent to Nicola's parents' house. So they're gonna. And the plan was for the, they're gonna bring it over when they visited with Holly. And then COVID. So, so all these records I had from the UK waiting to come over, like Bill and Ted soundtrack and things like that. But anyway, I'm in a good mood because uh, before we started recording, I listened to my new seven-inch finals of Do the Bartman and uh, Deep Deep Trouble with, uh, with Barton Homer. So uh, positive day here in the Dando household. Sweet, sweet vinyl. Very nice. Uh, very nice score. I'm sure Uncle John said, uh, I'm sure he gave them to you uh, very, very happily, but I'm pretty sure he said also clean up the potty mouth dando after you said holy shit there's a bear shit in the woods give me those fucking records (laughs) (laughs) exactly like that fucking records (laughs) Uh, so Hungry Hungry Homer I really really enjoyed this not gonna lie I think I enjoyed it almost more than I mean last week we had the guest appearance from NSYNC which was fantastic but I think and the band boy stuff uh, boy band stuff sorry Mm -hmm. but I think I really enjoyed this one more as an overall episode there wasn't any real wackiness to it I just feel like this felt like an episode that could have easily just been planted in the middle of like season seven or eight. To me, I just I just thought this was great from start to finish. The ending was a little bit silly. That kind of took me out of the moment. I felt like, I'll get to it in a moment, but besides the ending with the mayor of Albuquerque, I thought this was just an A effort. I thought it was great. So did I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just... Um not necessarily the the super funniest or as you said like the you know the the wackiest ever but uh just a good solid piece of storytelling it it just worked for mine and uh, you look and a lot of good laughs in it as well absolutely but uh yeah just a generally sturdy uh, a sturdy story and uh, a good bit of you know homer character work i know I, I had a lot of fun with this one i thought it was great that homer you you almost were expecting him to sort of turn to the dark side but no he just it was the best version of Homer. He stuck his mind to something and he never gave in till the end. And he got the big sort of standing ovation at the end, everyone throwing the um the food in his mouth, the big celebration. <laughs> to me, I to me I thought the episode should have ended just with him celebrating and the music fade to black. You no. Know? Everyone's happy. Maybe Bart can jump the fence and Bart running around the field with him or something like that. Yeah. Fade to black. I thought that would have been the perfect ending for this episode, but whatever. Besides that, I just think, yeah, Homer in this episode was the best type of Homer. It's true. We've seen a lot of jerk and jackass Homer in uh, in recent episodes and recent seasons, but uh, you're very right. This was, um, yes, him using his gifts for uh, for good for a change. I mean, yeah, just the, the very end and sort of being able to suss out the various... Uh, Condiments on the uh, on the isotope dog supreme or whatever it's called, and like, well done, Homer. Yes, you've <laughs> you've uh, you've saved the day. No, I, I like this one a great deal. The ending to me felt almost like a movie ending. It was very it was, it was very by the book and cliche, 
but it, it left you feeling good, and it's exactly what the Simpsons should do. Yeah, oh, well, that whole thing where he's um, sort of running around the bases and uh, everyone's cheering and it's a bit of slow-mo, yeah, that's uh, that's very much a riff on a, uh, a, a terrific baseball movie called The Natural. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was one of my dad's favourite movies and a movie that I really dug as well. Um, and, you know, it's got that great music score, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the Natural ends with um, Robert Redford hitting a home run. Spoilers, folks. And... Um, it, it be, it's almost cliched how sort of grandiose it is. I mean, he hits the uh, hits the ball into the lights, the, into the uh, the stadium lights. They all explode for some reason. They must all be connected or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and the the field basically turns into this lovely sort of uh, shimmering field of sparks and everything as as Redford uh, you know does his home run. It's uh, it's a it's a really it's a kind of iconic scene, and yeah, it's sweet that the uh, the Simpsons pay tribute in this way. I liked this so much that I went to make sure I found out who wrote the episode and to no surprise it was written by the legendary John Swartzwelder who has written some of the greatest episodes of The Simpsons of all time. This guy is just a comedic genius. I mean this episode though wasn't the funniest like you said but still as a TV comedy episode it told a story that just left me feeling happy. Yeah I mean it wasn't sort of relying uh, on uh, hey it's uh, it's season 12 you know The Simpsons they're wacky and occasionally you um, They'll, they'll mostly do this, but sometimes they'll do this and you won't expect that. But I mean, this felt more like, uh, you know, like a Cheers episode or something. You know, just a real, mm, yep. as I said, yep. like a really sturdy piece of sitcom storytelling. So what do you think of Stacey Keach's Howard K. Duff the Eighth? I liked him a lot. And, and and I didn't pick till the very end that it was Stacey Keach until I sort of, you know, uh, sat through the credits and, oh, that's Stacey Keach. I mean, who's, you know... An actor who's been around forever, and you know, he's, I think he's been working solidly since either the '60s or the '70s. Um, you know, I was about to say modern audiences would know him from Prison Break, and then I realised that Prison Break is like 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not modern audiences, but uh, no, I always dug Stacey Keach, and um, during that first scene with uh, with uh, with Duff, it's kind of like, who's this guy? This is you know, this they're doing actual sort of character work and I mean they're not really playing it for well, wacky laughs or anything like that it's just like I mean they're, they're nailing the um they're, they're doing a good comic job a good comedic job but uh yeah they weren't they were playing it more like just no I'm a guest star on a show I'm not here to be hey it's guest star Stacey Keach you may remember him from movies such as Road Games and other things Road Games is actually a really good movie by the way but you could also tell that um, this character wasn't just going to be a throwaway character, that he was going to mean something to the story. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a good combination of sort of um, had that very all-American baseball, you know, owner, businessman kind of thing going on. But uh, yeah, with this, yeah, that little undertone of, uh, of danger and threat. I, I, liked, I liked his performance a great deal. How great was Duffman in this episode as well? He was sort of like, you know, he was evil but not too evil and then he just turned to the good side at the end. I thought it was fucking great. I think we're used to Duffman being a heel. So, yeah, for him to do a... um, What's the opposite of a heel turn? Baby face turn? A a, a, a baby face turn, yeah, face turn. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's... Yeah. It was basically basically to be like Vader throwing the Emperor down the pit at the end. It did feel very much that way, (laughs) especially with just picking him up and doing the... The the helicopter, (laughs) whatever it is, or... Yeah, very glad to see, uh, very glad to see Duffman or AKA Sid. <laughs> yeah, doing. But the thing it. is, the thing is though, in Pygmalion, they called him Larry. I'm guessing there may be more than one Duffman, or maybe maybe uh, 
you know, Larry's uh, tenure as Duff Man sort of came to an end, he, he was probably, you know, he probably got caught up in the Me Too movement or something because, you know, <laughs> Larry looked like a bit of a leery Duff Man. <laughs> <laughs> what was that old school video game, Larry something? Is- Leisure Suit Larry. Leisure Suit Larry, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played it. I've only ever heard about it. But yeah, what, yeah, yeah. And so it's basically right. what Leisure Suit Larry just had to pick up ladies, essentially. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it would never be released now. Um, so a couple of things. I mentioned earlier about the Mayor of Albuquerque ending. So I've read that that ending is now edited out of the US broadcast and it now just ends with Homer celebrating, which to me, I feel like would be the best way to end this episode. So I just think it's interesting that they later on, I don't know what particular reason they choose to do so. Yeah, did the, did they just edited it out. I'm not even sure why they included that in there. Like it didn't, the episode just didn't need it. It, yeah, it did feel like a bit of just a, like an appendix, like an un, unneeded appendage at the very end of it. I mean, I don't know, maybe the fine people of New Mexico kind of, uh, thought, eh, don't be dissing our, don't be dissing our city like that. But uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really add a great deal, did it? No, not at all, no. And the episode inspired the naming of the Albuquerque Isotopes, which is an actual minor league baseball team now. Who uh, uh, okay, they, they, they launched in 2003. Uh, they were previously known as the Calgary Cannons. But yeah, the Albuquerque Isotopes are now an actual baseball team. <laughs> That's the, Well, I mean, look, even us in Australia know, you know what Albuquerque is or where it is and all that kind of business. But Is that, you know, where, it's is not- that where Walter White was? That, that's there, yeah. That's the that's the uh, Breaking Bad, that's yeah. Breaking, Bad ta- yep. Breaking Badville, yeah. But I think maybe maybe before Breaking Bad, it's kind of like eh, this is not up there with the the premier American cities. So maybe the, you know the mayor of Albuquerque sort of being, I am the mayor of Albuquerque, and treating it like he's basically you know the president of the United States. Yeah, it's they probably viewed it as a bit of a gag, uh, but. Yeah, one that didn't really pay off. I think, yeah, I think the episode does perfectly well without it. Hey, my favourite. My favourite moment from the episode, Mr. Davis. I have a few. Yes. So mm-hmm. I loved I loved Homer looking into the mirrors and then going, I am a washing machine. Do as I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed the... This, Nicola got a good kick out of this as well. So you're saying Mr. Simpson is a liar. Well, we have found this footage of his pants on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the, the, the first time I wasn't really paying enough attention I was taking notes And Nicola laughed And I was like what? She was like His pants are on fire I'm like Ah <laughs> And then um, And finally I loved the improv So this was all ad-libbed by Dan The um, uh, Dancing away My hunger pains <laughs> that, like, like, The entire song was ad-libbed by Dan The spot Oh Oh, that's marvellous that Dan just you know, came up with it on the fly. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's a legend. What about yourself? What did you enjoy? Look, there are three things that I dug. Uh, first of all, I don't know, maybe I'm on my own hunger strike here, but the Isotope Dog Supreme just looked good. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was like a damn fine-looking hot dog. All those southwestern I mean, um, ingredients. Oh, God, yeah. We'll talk about that a bit later. But... Um, I've been uh, trying to eat a bit healthier and sort of eat smaller portions. And I've found myself on YouTube looking at like binging with Babish clips. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, making these incredibly calorie rich and, you know, just these magnificent dishes. And I'm just basically watching them like porno, just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I can so, taste the video. 
Oh god, yeah, going up to lick the lick the screen of the old Samsung. Do you wonder how pathetic I am? I'm trying to eat healthy as well to the point where I've said to Nicola, I don't want to eat any deep fried foods between now and Christmas, right? But the other day, oh my god, Elliot was demanding chips, and when you got a two year old demanding something, and you're tired, you just you just give in. So <laughs> we were stopping by KFC. They have the two dollar chips at the moment from the views the app, and I got the chips, and I was cooling them down for him as we're driving home. But I was licking my fingers for the salt. Like that's that's the oh. point. That's where I'm at now, man. That's that's where I've that's where I've gotten to in my life. Licking licking the salt <laughs> to try and savor that taste of KFC chips. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, good on you for you know sort of keeping the you know keeping strong and all that kind of oh, stuff. I literally had I had that chip in my hand, and it was almost like you know, and Homer's thumb was trying to go to the bloody ice cream. That's what, oh, yeah. That's what that's what I was like with the chip. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I liked was um. Uh, Seymour's smooth line when Ooh. he's out on the date with um, with uh, Edna Garoppolo. I knew you'd appreciate this. <laughs> so, oh, this is going straight to my thighs. Well, it may have company. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> nice one. I may, uh, I may have to use that on the lovely Louise at some stage. Um, <laughs> and, and get and get completely shut down. <laughs> oh, yeah. N- Nicholas sick of uh, my pathetic advances. <laughs> and look, I may be showing my age and my insensitivity with this, but when... Um, when Homer's, uh, you know, crunching the numbers at the in the back room and Harry Shearer's, great gag, by the way. Uh, well, there goes one of my trivia questions. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but that whole joke about sort of loafer lightner, and um, because I don't know if this is old-timey slang or not or just, you know, considered completely politically incorrect, but when one was, back in the day, when one was talking about... Uh, Someone who was either gay or a bit effeminate or whatever, a slang term would be oh, so and so is a bit light in the loafers. So ah, that's, okay, that's where that comes from. See, I, I, <laughs> like, I that was straight out of my head. I was not, I had no idea what that was referring to. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes, you'd say so and so was light in the loafers. Like, oh, you're spending thousands of dollars on loafer light. <laughs> it's a life lifeblood of the industry. <laughs> yeah, but you could use mincing gel instead. Like, <laughs> look, it's a it's a it's a bit of an old school gag and. Eh, Look a bit a bit retro, a bit retrograde, but oh, look, I'm an old retrograde fucker, so I just got to laugh out of it. Yep. <laughs> Next question: You there eating the paste? Trivia for this week, of course. Trivia is brought to you by our incredible twenty dollar patrons. We have Jordan Mulman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering. Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Devey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Burleson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James, Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, Nicole Catalina Wymixer, George McManamy, Zach Pruitt, and Jonathan Rossi. You guys are all absolute champions. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. I also need to throw a shout out to our new $5 plus patrons. We have Luke Hoger and Bradley Andrew, as well as Holly Eleanor, who just upgraded from $5 to $8. Thank you so much, guys, for your support, like I said. But now it's trivia time. Mr. Davis, do you mind if I commence? Uh, don't let me stop you. Alrighty, so Harry Shearer's out the window. Next question. Sorry. What was the, what was the name of the newspaper that Duffman works for? There's one of mine out the window. Ah, but, damn. Um, <laughs> um, but do you remember the name of his new of his news reporter alias? I know it's got Duff in it. It's uh, something Duffman. No, no. Oh. Duff, what is it? He's Joel Duffman from the Joel, Newsly Times. Joel Duffman. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, very good. I love the little sly little smirk that the owner gives when he starts asking the question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, my, my, uh, qu- my first trivia question to you, Dando. Uh, when Homer is trying to convince Sherry and or Terry, I think it's Sherry. Was it Terry or Sherry? I don't know who it was. They didn't name them they, and they're identical, no. so it's impossible okay. to know. But um, she declares that she'd rather go out with Tommy than Bart. Uh, b- um, Homer agrees. And what does he call Tommy? Uh, Dreamboat? Not quite. No. He is, uh, he is a... Think Top Gun. Think Berlin. Breathtaking. He's breathtaking. He was certainly breathtaking as well. Kind of like Jesse, the uh, the vegan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he, he left Jesse in the, Jesse in the dust. Tommy's, <laughs> Tom, team Tommy all the way, man. So you've ruined my Sid question. You've ruined my Harry Shearer's question. You've ruined my Newsly Times question. Um, <laughs> should we just hang what? up? Should we? Should we just you know, call it a call it a day? I think we. What 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 does Mike? Oh, sorry, who does Mike Farrell hate? Oh, he hates Wayne Rogers. Wayne Rogers. Now, do you want to explain to the listeners who they are? Um, I believe they were co-stars on Mash. No, and they or, weren't. They weren't co-stars. Mike Farrell. Replaced, no, 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 no. They yeah. played the same. Either they played the same character, or Wayne Rogers replaced Mike Farrell. No, no, other way around. So Wayne Rogers was in. He was Trapper in the he first. Tra- oh, okay. First two or three, I think maybe three seasons of Mash. I think it might have been two seasons, and then he bailed because he was like, "Yeah, fuck this show. It's not going to go anywhere." And then they brought in Mike Farrell to play. Oh, is it BJ? Was that his name? I think um, so, yeah. But, but basically, he, he was he was Hawkeye's wingman, essentially. Yes. That's right. But Trapper John had a spin-off for a while. He was Trapper John MD. There was a... There was a no, 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 no. It wasn't Trapper John. It was... Um, it had Radar in it, and it had... Uh, who was the guy dressed in drag? You're talking about, you're talking about After Mash. That's yes. A, oh, that's yeah, After Mash. Oh, oh, so Trapper had his own show as well. There was Trapper John MD. I'm, I oh, am 100% oh. certain of this. Oh, shit. Okay, I didn't even know about that one. Tell me, what was his show like? Sounds terrible. Oh, oh look, I don't remember much about it at all, but I do remember it was, uh, there was indeed Trapper John MD. Oh, here we go, Trapper Let's... John MD. Yeah, here we go. How wow. many? Oh, seven seasons. There we, we go. Have seven seasons. Cool. Holy Good. shit, yeah. it, must, it, it must have been okay. Wayne Rogers landed on his feet, man. Well, fuck me. I thought he left and that was the end of his life. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the beginning. Are you sure, are you sure Wayne Rogers was in it? I'm certain no, Wayne. I'm certain. I've watched many a documentary of Mash, and they're always like, "Yeah, Wayne Rogers made the worst decision of his life." Oh, actually, it looks like um, an actor named Pernell Roberts took over. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Wayne Rogers. Wayne Rogers had nothing after Mash. Man, I'm certain of it. Hmm. Okay. Oh, bad luck, Wayne Rogers. Hang on. A second. <laughs> well, let's Google Wayne Rogers and see what happened. No results. What? <laughs> <laughs> um. But let's continue with the trivia. <laughs> Yes, let's indeed. Let's instead not uh, talk about the ill-fated career of. But that, that of, could be talking. We'll say that for talking mash. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you, you know what I want to start. Legitimately want to start. I want to start talking Cheers. That that'd be a good idea. I'd be happy to do that. I feel like there's no way you could watch an episode of Cheers and not just feel uplifted afterwards. One hundred percent. All right. That that may be on the uh, on the cards in the future. Let us know on the uh, on the Facebook page or any other social media platform or the mailbag. If you'd like Dan and I to do a uh, Cheers podcast, yes, yes, let us and know. And if, if you if you don't if you say no, don't do that. We're going to do it anyway. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, hit me with the, hit me with one more question. Oh, okay then. Uh, da, 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 da. We talked about the well, I talked about the ISO Dog Supreme because it's all I'm talking about these days. 
But do you remember what sort of relish it had on it? Well, that was my last question. <laughs> oh, for real? The mango relish lime one? Salsa. Mango lime salsa. <laughs> okay, well, it had mango lime salsa, but it also had a, a distinct, a particular kind of relish. Oh, shit, yeah, I didn't get the relish. Um, um, oh, no, you've got me. What was it? Jalapeno. Jalapeno, that's right. Too hot for Dan. Oh, God, what was it? Mango lime salsa, jalapeno relish, and... Some other delightful looking sauce, like chipotle ketchup or something. I don't know. It looks so good. Yeah. Oh, God. See, jal- jalapeno sounds delicious to me, but I'm such a wimp when it comes to hot food. I just couldn't stomach it. Oh, man. Every time I go to, uh, shout out to Zambreros, um, every time I get a burrito from Zambreros, they're like, do you want jalapenos and lime juice? I'm like, oh, yes, I do. Whack them in there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a beer shit in the woods. Of course I fucking want it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I shouldn't I shouldn't be giving the the fine young staff at Zambreros at my local Zambreros the um the squeaky nerd voice, but <laughs> you want you want jalapenos with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Alrighty, well that wraps up trivia for this week, Mister Davis. Let's get into our review, shall we? Let's do it. The original air date for Hungry Hungry Homer was March fourth in the year two thousand and one. The chalkboard gag Temptation Island was not. A sleazy piece of crap. I think it really was, though. Because, yeah, yeah. I, um, even I can remember it being bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm feeling a bit bad here because I don't want to give <laughs> past parts of my life um, sort of airtime in favour of lovely Louise. But <laughs> this is going to be the second time in two episodes. That, 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 that I've that, that's your shtick now. <laughs> that I've mentioned my ex-wife Libby, um, but. Um, yeah, I think um, Temptation Island was certainly as, as, a show can, that... Can I just interrupt? As, can I just interrupt? As long as you continually say Lovely Louise and ex-wife Libby. I think, I think, I think I'm covered in that regard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Libby and I used to watch Temptation uh, Island. Uh, ex-wife so, Libby, ex-wife Libby. Ex-wife Libby, sorry, yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, used to, and used to get an absolute kick out of that. So uh, I, might, I may have um, sort of prior form because, you know, I'm always talking about how the lovely Louise and I are watching 90 Day Fiancé. But uh, yeah, back, you know, 20 years ago, I was watching Temptation Island. And yes, it was a sleazy piece of crap. Well, 2001 was a point where we hadn't been completely destroyed by reality shows. Big Brother was still a big hit. I think it might have even started in Australia in 2001. So we were still willing to accept... Because I feel like there was, there was always one big reality show going on at a time. You might have had Survivor for a period, then it was Big Brother for a period, then a show like Temptation Island for a period, or remember that show The Mole? There was The Mole for a while. Yeah, Things like that. But- there, wasn't, there wasn't just Bam Margera eat shit off of a skateboard reality show. You know what I mean? Where, <laughs> that kind of thing. There was, was, it's so drummed in. There's so many reality shows now, it's ridiculous. There, but there were certainly the more high-end ones. I mean, like like Survivor or Big Brother or whatever. And yeah, tempt, and, and they sort of, they weren't necessarily, you know, good for you. They weren't eat your vegetables TV. They weren't as appealing to your base instincts as something like Temptation Island. I'm not even going to lie. This is, I, I'm, I'm ashamed, but I'm not. Like I used to watch that, Big Brother up late or whatever it was. Oh yeah, where, with hot dogs. Where, where yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, that well, it was just them live streaming the house at like twelve o'clock at night. They'd be on till like two a.m. I would lay down in bed and go to sleep with Big Brother up late on. Like, what the fuck was I doing with my life? <laughs> oh, it was a, it's a nice little sort of. Uh, it's like a, you know how some people have like uh, like a little white noise machine, or they'll listen to. Um, well, I listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I found myself listening to either. 
old Mystery Science Theater three thousand episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or um, just the sound of um, waves crashing on the shore. Okay, <laughs> very, fair enough. Yeah. Very gently. If I'm listening to that kind of thing, like Mystery Science Theater, it's um, it's Simpsons commentaries. I just that, that's what I used to listen to. I think the commentaries were the first ones that I ever listened to, the Simpsons ones, and they used to put me to sleep. And they, yeah, I think they're great. I used to listen to. It's funny because when we do interviews with, I know you haven't joined me yet, but you will join me soon, like Mike Scully and all these other guys, Matt Salmon. I'm like, these guys used to talk me to sleep. Now I'm talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm putting them to sleep with my, with my questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, alrighty. Uh, so enough about Temptation Island. The couch gag was the family uh, all do their karate chops and they demolish the couch and Homer turns on the... The television with the remote. So yes. the episode kicks off with the family watching TV and they see a commercial for Blackoland. <laughs> and the, tra- uh, the the commercial doesn't do a very good job of selling it. Like even the people on like, yeah, it was okay. But Homer's super <laughs> excited for it. He asks the kids and we get um, Meh. So Meh has been used before in The Simpsons and people credit The Simpsons and Swartzwater for creating the word Meh. So Really? Yes. Okay. So the Simpsons created the word, which is why they even had Lisa here say M E H, Met, H- as if yeah. to, to tell people how to spell it. So the Simpsons created Met. Um, but they, I did they not think know they, that. well, well Swartzwater credits a guy from the 70s who he thought used it, but like the Simpsons are credited with using it, making it a mainstream thing, Met. Um, yeah. But the, the shot of Bart and Lisa saying it in this moment here is what gets used repeatedly in memes. So when someone wants oh, okay. to, you know, when someone's about to get into a fight, they'll put Michael Jackson with the popcorn. If someone just doesn't is indifferent about something, they'll put Bart and Lisa saying "meh, meh." <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like, to, however, before that, I mean, uh, that Homer is kind of caught mid throttle, you know, when it's like, "Hey, would you like to go to the, you know, would you like to go to a, you know, a fantastic new amusement park?" Am I ever, you know, and he's, you know. Strangling Bart at the same time. I like that. Yes. I thought that was quite funny. So we also get Maggie here. She's super excited and she takes the car keys and goes to start the car. So <laughs> we are now at Blocko Land. And this is just various sight gags of it what is, a theme park I, would be like if it was made out of Lego. Yeah, but I've got a, I, for some reason, I've got a real laugh out of um, just, you know, when they, they pull up on the, uh, in that Blocko tourist bus or whatever. Well, the train. Homer yeah. just says, Homer just says, we're here. It's like, <laughs> We know, we could tell, <laughs> but <laughs> he was just so enthusiastic about it. I remember what the Simpsons, I think it might have been Marge, she was just like, the Simpsons are going to here. And they're like, Marge, we're well aware of this because we're on our way there. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so they go in, I, so the mascots get jammed inside of each other and you get the rough slide and things like that. Then Lisa's reading the map. I loved Marge here. Oh, Squaresville, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> it does. Do- oh, I got a good laugh out of that one. That's a that's a quintessential Marge line, and yeah. very sweetly delivered by Julie. Yeah, I like that bit a lot. Then we get Homer with the mirrors. <laughs> I am a robot. Do what I say. <laughs> I am a washing machine. Do what I say. <laughs> Bart and Nelson are playing rock and sock and robots. You knocked his block off, and he gets taken out. We're then in the restaurant, and Homer has made an apple, not out of blocko, but out of ham cubes. <laughs> Just that the grease on the shirt when he when he polishes it. Oh my god! <laughs> it's his window to weight gain. Oh, of course. <laughs> I really enjoyed Homer. Oh, I get it. Everything's made of blocks. <laughs> when he's on that boat ride, uh, so he's splashing Lisa with the blocks, and the guy says. To stop it or boat 28 you stop that Homer says what are you going to do about it he, 
the guy walks out, Homer bails into the uh, the blocks, aka the water, and he gets covered in leeches. <laughs> <laughs> We're now on our way home. And so this here is funny. So Bart says, I shouldn't have bought a Lego shirt. Hmm, don't you mean Blocko shirt? Blocker. Right, yes, Blocko shirt. Uh, Lisa is disappointed though because her Eiffel Tower figure is missing a piece. And Homer says, yeah, you know, well, we can't do anything about it. Never fight City Hall. But then Marge convinces him it's time <laughs> yes, to go back and do something about it. I like that Homer sort of got all fired up all of a sudden. I mean, because he seemed to be having such a nice time at Blocko land. And then all of a yeah. sudden he's very anti it. Well, he's just kind of like, it's like he saw his daughter upset and he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do something about this. He races back and they're packing up Blocko land. He goes inside and <laughs> the delivery here from the guy working at the souvenir store was great. And forget it, dude. You can't fight the souvenir industry. We're too powerful. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I liked this character a lot. Um, honestly thought though, that was, that is such a premium opportunity for a wise guy. Yeah. Character. Ralph. Yeah. Was it Ralph? Yeah. Is that his name? Oh, um, yeah. What was wise guy's name again? Oh, we just had it a couple of weeks ago. What was the episode? It was the day of the Jack and Apes. Let's have a look. Okay. Going back through my notes. Hold on. Right. Back through pages. Raphael. Raphael, well done. Yeah. See, this is why Mr. Davis keeps his notes. Yes, indeed. And plus, uh, dear listeners, I am down to like the last two pages of this particular notebook. I may well auction it off for a good cause. We should seriously do that with, the, with like the listeners. Like give it away as a prize or something. I want to. I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to expose everyone to my shit handwriting. You know what you should do is you should take photos of each page. No, seriously, man, I'm not even joking. This is what we do. Production meetings here on live on the air. You should take a photo oh. of that shit and post it on like Twitter or post it on the Patreon group or something. People want to see that, man. It's cool. All right. I, I, after, after we film this episode, I, oh, sorry, record this episode. Thank God we're not filming it. Um, I will take a picture of my notes for this episode and put it online. Oh, do it. I'm looking forward to reading it. Mate, and I, will, I will text you repeatedly until you do it. You better do it. Oh, God. Uh, pressure. <laughs> Dando, block. <laughs> so, yeah, so he races back to the souvenir stand and Homer's about to, to, to walk off and he goes, not before I give you a... You think he's going to ha- uh, have a go at him? A souvenir of my own. And it's a Homer dome. <laughs> it's a very sweet little Homer dome. Dando, you, you frequently talk about sort of lapses in logic. and how'd, Why would that happen? Or how did this happen? I've got no idea why he's got a little snow globe with his head in it. But... Uh, I liked it nonetheless. It was great. Yeah, it was it's, cute. It, it, at least it didn't leave me annoyed. Like, this was just like, ah, oh, this is so cute. And then the girl, it's, it's so cute, in fact, that the souvenir guy even falls for it. He's like, you know what, here. And it's just got a giant box of missing pieces. <laughs> now, this got me thinking have you ever been in a situation that you thought was kind of hopeless or extremely difficult, but was quite easily resolved? Putting Elliot in the bin, does that count? Uh, that probably counts. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about, you know, processes like, oh, God, you know, cleaning up this, uh, I don't know, this tax thing or, oh, God, this, uh, you know, a, a, like a, it's mostly like a financial thing or what, like a bill or something. So, oh, God, this is going to take like half a day and I'm going to be on the phone to various departments and all that. And then you sort of, you put it off forever and ever. And you finally do it. It's like, it took 20 minutes. I should have done this years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Today I had one. So for about, I don't know, three months now, we have, actually no, it wouldn't be three months. It would have been about five, six weeks. So I was running every second day, right, on the treadmill in the garage. Then the light bulb, I was running one day and the light bulb started flickering like a horror movie and then just went bang and exploded. The light bulb literally exploded, right? 
and I haven't run on the treadmill since because my only chance to run is at night once the kids are down. And because it's dark in there, I was like, well, I can't run in the dark. So that's been my excuse for being lazy for the last five, six weeks. And then I was just like, oh, so much effort, so much effort, so much effort. And then I was at the supermarket today and I was like, what else I say? They've got light bulbs here. Oh, well, fuck me. They've got light bulbs here. Bought a light bulb and bang, it was fixed. I'm like, I've only been to the supermarket about 60 times in the last five weeks. So <laughs> It's amazing um, how we can be our own worst enemies in that kind of regard. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so now, now I can run again and I've got... Uh, the Simpsons Batman on LP. I'm feeling good. <laughs> oh my god, everything's coming up dando. Yeah, what a day. Uh, so hope, hope also everything's coming up. Lisa as well. She's got her new Eiffel Tower piece. She's feeling good, and Homer's feeling good about himself, standing up for the little guy so much so that he says he's going to focus all of his time now on uh, looking after the, the little guys. And he sees Snake getting he thinks beaten up by the police, so he chases him away. When in fact, I'm just trying to put out his shirt file. <laughs> my heart was in the right place, jerk. We're now at home, and Lisa is thanking Homer once again. Homer says he's going to help everyone he possibly can. Says, Bart, you look a bit sad. What's wrong? And Bart's upset because a girl at school, who we find out to be Sherry or Terry, won't go to the dance with him. Um, even, like, Lisa here. Like, I'm just like, so for all the times Bart makes fun of Lisa, she's just as bad as him. Like, Bart's got a girlfriend. And remember, that, remember back when having a girlfriend was seen as a negative? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the it's like it's like walking up to a forty year old and saying, You've got a wife. It's like, yeah, well, I'm happily married. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a is it um in Shaun of the Dead where, you know, um Simon Pegg is, you know, going on about yeah, you know, uh, why do you you know Simon Pegg's got his uh, layabout mate Nick Frost mm-hmm. and Nick Frost mm-hmm. saying, Why do you want to hang out with your girlfriend? Yeah, because I love her. Yeah. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, why won't you go out with Bart? He's a smelly, ugly dork. Please, ugly is such a smelly word. Who would you rather go out with? Tommy. Well, duh. He's breathtaking, but Bart has inner beauty, like you'd find in a rodent. (laughs) And face it, you're no prize either. You wear braces... You dress like a kid and you're not getting any younger. Take what you can get. He's right. Grab something and don't let go. So now we're at Harry Shearer's and they will not honour Marge's <laughs> two free streaks. So Homer races in there, hurls the hairnet to the floor and takes the lid off of the, the gel or whatever it is, the, the, the mud. And the guy's like, why are you doing such things? <laughs> he sounded very much like Serge from uh, from the Beverly Hills Cops Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop yep. movies. I thought. Yes, he certainly did. Yeah, um, Homer says, you know, you've got to do it for my wife. She really wants this, and he tries to say to Homer, if I do it, I'll be ruined because so much hair. And then Homer, the the fact that Homer's got his little glasses on. Oh God, I love those glasses. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whenever he's typing something or he's working out something that requires looking at fine print, so good. Um, but he actually, um, like he said. Uh, he finds out that he doesn't need to use loaf of lightener and he saves his business, saves him thousands of dollars. Yeah. Then we're at Moe's. So this, I thought, was a really odd cut to commercial. It just sort of goes, Homer just goes, and he's just, he's just sitting there. And the first thing Homer says is, and I gave the guy directions, even though I didn't know the way, because that's the kind of guy I am this week. And then bang, commercial. And then we okay. cut back, and then we come back, and Lenny's walking into Moe's almost like it's, a direct continuation from that exact moment. I thought it just seemed like they added in a commercial break there that wasn't supposed to be a commercial break there. I don't know. That it's kind is of a, odd. That's a very odd cut. Yeah, that's, it was. That... It was very odd because like that. It almost felt like 
during the commercial break, nothing had happened. It was like we just decided to pause the show there, put some commercials in, then continue. It was odd. But I did love the, because that's the kind of guy I am this week. I am this week. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back from what I can assume is a commercial. Um, Lenny's walking into Moe's and he's angry at the isotopes. They've been terrible since the evil Duff Company bought them. Lousy isotopes, they're a disgrace to baseball. They lost again? Mm-hmm. The team's been terrible since they got bought by the cheap, heartless Duff Corporation. Hey, Mo, give me a Duff. Oh, yeah, sweet Duff. Wait a minute, Duff owns the Springfield isotopes? Since when? They bought them a year ago from the Mafia. It was the last of the family-owned teams. I tried to return my season ticket, but they wouldn't give me my money back. They said they wanted it. I love, I loved, uh, you know, Lenny saying that he tried to get his money back, and the reason was they said they wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, that's a, I just, I love the line reading there. I thought that was marvelous. Uh, very, very good. I've even got here my notes. Capitals. They. <laughs> Homer says he's going to help, and Lenny can't believe it. And Bones like, yeah, he's great. Yeah, and Carl's like, yeah, Homer's wonderful now. So he goes he down. Wonderful. He goes down, talks to the guy at the equipment shed. And he points out, yes, that's where we keep the water filter or something. That's a tractor. I see. <laughs> <laughs> he's then somehow in the owner's office. He's asking for his money back. and he's So he tries to shake the place up a bit, spins the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, HK Duff, the eighth, by the way, yes, he is not standing for any of that guff. No, not at all. Yeah, no guff in the office of Duff. Yeah, <laughs> spin that back the way it was. Yes, sir. <laughs> Homer leaves. He tells Homer to leave. Doesn't want to have anything to eat with him. But Homer, unfortunately for the uh, for the owner of Duff, he walks through the wrong door and he finds the room full of Albuquerque Isotopes merchandise. Uh, as a way to keep Homer quiet, he offers him some fresh beer, calls in Duff Man. It made me so happy that he had the Duff Man theme. That, ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Having theme song play every time you walk into a room would just be the greatest. So he offers him the super multi-additive, but you would assume that this is just trying to drug him, but no, he just injects him when he's not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, yeah, Howard Duff, or, uh, is it Howard? I believe, yeah. Howard, Howard gets to yes. enjoy the, the, the lovely multi-taste of, uh, of, of, of Super Duff. But Homer would never know. And then he and, and, he and Duff Man uh, have an evil laugh together. Bart then finds Homer asleep on top of the doghouse, a little tribute to Snoopy there. A very sweet Peanuts reference with uh, with Bart chiming in with good grief. Yeah. <laughs> it also just fit the scene too. Oh, good grief. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dad's, been, d- Dad's had a bender again. <laughs> good grief. Oh, my head. How long have I been out here? All night. You were yelling at the swing. I was, but I love the swing. Dad, you were nuts. You know me. Occasionally, I'll be quirky. I'll be quirky. Albuquerque. I'll be right back. Right, it goes back to uh to what's the stadium called? I don't know. Was it was it, was it called I, Duff Stadium or maybe something like that? Yeah, probably. I think it was Duff Stadium because it had the Duff neon sign, yes. didn't it? Yeah. So he takes all the media back there to try and uh get the get the scoop, get the story. Opens up the door. <laughs> Not quite a sad trombone, but a sad trumpet will do in this situation. Yes, definitely. Um, also, we also get the, the Duff Man there as a news reporter. So then we get the news report with Brockman doing the TV interview with Howard and the footage with him on his pe- with his pants on fire, pants which on fire. is just fantastic. So good. Nicola's favourite, yes. <laughs> yes. Lisa then says, you know, there's other ways to get the news out. 
Um, Bob, Bob Dylan wrote songs. You could do a hunger strike. So Homer decides to do the hunger strike. Marge laughs at him. That's two episodes in a row now where Homer says, I'm going to try and do something and Marge is ridiculed him for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, yes, I did see a bit of a pattern for me. They were like, eh, it's a bit of a bummer that these yeah, these two bits you know, bumped up against each other in, in you know consecutive episodes. But eh, what are you going to do? Homer's eating the sausage and he uh, he realizes that his, his fist tastes okay. Oh, God. Yeah, the OCD in me, by the way, is like, oh, I could not leave that sausage unfinished. I would have to be like, okay, the, the hunger strike begins as soon as I finish this sausage. Just leaving a, <laughs> leaving a half or a third of a sausage uneaten. I'm like, I'm like can't do it. <laughs> Homer has chained himself to the, to the pole, to the chair. Lisa gives him Mike Farrell's core beliefs. We find out about Wayne Rogers. Homer says, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. They won't, Duff won't let me starve to death. Cut to a woman's skeleton who wanted the women's change rooms cleaned. <laughs> Kirk and Milhouse. I love Homer the way he greets him here. Hey, kid and man. <laughs> <laughs> and also Milhouse dirt dissing Kirk Van Houten by calling oh, yeah. him Weekend Dad. Oh, oh man. That that's just sends chills gonna, down any father's spine. That's got to hurt. Yeah, definitely. He tries to tell them, you know, they're trying to move the team. They don't believe him because it hasn't been discussed on any sports talkback radio show. Like Sportzilla and the Jabberjocks. So later that day, Mrs. K and Seymour are walking down the street. And yeah, I'm just going to play it because it's just, it's just too great of a comeback for, for Seymour. Oh, oh, Seymour, you shouldn't have. It's going to go straight to my thighs. Well, it, it just might have some company. Oh, Seymour. We cut to the family all trying to eat Homer's share. Uh, it's just a lot, a lot of food. Homer suggests, uh, Lisa suggests, why don't you just cook less food? <laughs> I don't do things like that, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marge takes pride in, you know, providing a good spread. That is definitely true. Homer's on day two now and he's singing, which to me just made me so, as, as sad as he is, made me so happy. As well as Carl. Like, most concerned, Carl's like, you know, he's, he's weary shuffling, just makes my heart smile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so good. The owner wants to know where all the crowd is because there's a game going on. Duffman thrusts in the direction. <laughs> and <laughs> everything Duffman says is great. Like, Duffman is a cautious cat. That doesn't read funny on paper. But my God, the way it's delivered is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. The owner says, you know, he reminds me of that busty woman that farted at the, the people on the field. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know who that's based on, but apparently there was some... Uh, uh, let's say unbalanced woman who used to go to baseball games a lot and used to charge the field and try to kiss the players. Oh, really? <laughs> I believe so. We haven't had a good streaker in the AFL for a long time now, have we? Yeah. When was the last streak? Was there a streak at some cricket last last um, last summer? The problem is now everyone's like the, the the streak is just run out into the field in their clothes. I'm like, if you're going to do it, commit to the job, mate. Like, get the full kit and caboodle off. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Like, don't, just run out, don't, don't just run out in the field. Just, it's just a waste of everyone's time. At least give us a show. <laughs> Have you seen the footage of the... I'm pretty sure it was like the lo- it was a local game. And the when the footy show used to be on TV here in Australia, we had the uh, the AFL footy show. There was uh, the Almost Footy Legends segment, which was just footage from local footy games and whatnot, funny stuff. And mm. there was a streaker. And a security guard like lines him up like front on. Good lord, no, I have not seen that one. I'm going to track it down now. That oh mate, fantastic. it is fantastic. It's just one bump. Fucking this guy's down. Just picks him up and just drags him off the field and t- t- tosses him away. <laughs> <laughs> it is so great. You should ch- definitely check that one out on YouTube if you can find it. But anyway, so 
Where were we up to? Oh, yeah, the busty farting woman. So they decide that maybe it's time that we uh, put Homer, make him an attraction. And Duffman isn't too sure about it, but he does it anyway. So they're moving Homer. Now, how, by the way, how strong is that handsaw? They cut through a bar or through a pole. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that, I don't know what that pole was made of, but they, don't think, they take I don't think you get the, that at Bunnings. No, definitely not. They take him to the, uh, to the, the field out in the crowd out there under the scoreboard. Near some fireworks, which go off every time a home run is hit. <laughs> the thing is here, though, the only thing of the story is suddenly people don't know why Homer's out there. Like I, that would make sense if he hadn't spoken to anybody, but he's been trying. He's to been pitch. out the front and yeah, he's been, he's, surrounded he's, by he's, a crowd for a got, while. He's, he's got the media involved to the to the to the stadium and things like that. Like he's clearly made it everyone aware of what his purpose is. So why does suddenly everyone just not understand why he's on a hunger strike? You know what I mean? Oh, that's a a very good. Lapse in logic, you pointed out there, Dan. Oh, I, that had completely slipped. Uh, that had completely eluded me. Yeah, but oh. uh, but I enjoy this episode so much that I don't care. Okay, cool. Yeah, let, let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he sees people eating, and he um, he just yeah, you can't handle it. We're now on day seven. This almost made my favorite moment. So not the B cup scene, but Marge just being like, "It's been a whole week." Why are you letting my husband die? What does that have to do with baseball? Death is a part of baseball. Oh, yeah, the main part. Guys, uh, we won't let any harm come to your husband, Mrs. Simpson. He'll be fine. He's not moving. He's probably resting from all the moving he did before you got here. He'll start moving in a second. I'm sure of it. Turn on the sprinklers. (laughs) You see there? He's fine. Ooh, look at him go. We're now on day nine. Man, imagine nine days without food. I don't think I could. I couldn't do it. Could- I don't even want to think about it. It's, <laughs> it's, too, it's too terrifying to even consider. The fact that we've gone almost, you know, 45 minutes for this podcast we haven't eaten is too long, if you ask me. Well, <laughs> speak for yourself. What do you mean we? <laughs> yeah. How's that sausage going? Oh, it's it's history. Homer's, uh, he almost gives in because he sees that, pet- uh, that pretzel. Almost it sees that petrol. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then he sees the spirit of Cesar Chavez because he doesn't... No, Cesar Romero because he doesn't know what the other Cesar would look like. Well, yeah, it is the spirit of Cesar Chavez, but uh, yes, because Homer doesn't know what Cesar Chavez looks like. Quite frankly, neither do I. And I'm guessing you don't either, Dando. Um, yeah, it comes to him as Cesar Romero, a.k.a. the Joker from the original TV Batman. The owners just decide it's, it's, it's too sad now. He's talking to himself. He's talking to himself again, sir. <laughs> so they replace him with paint-drinking Pete, who immediately has like an yeah. aneurysm or something. We then get Homer brought up to the microphone. They're sort of giving him a big farewell. And I use this so often and I did not realize I stole it from this episode. The, me so hungry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was wondering where it came from. Not not necessarily your particular, um, yes, uh, call of the belly, but uh, I've heard me so hungry a bit. And um, when I heard on this, I'm like, ah, yeah, that could be a bit of a... Uh, Bit of a trailblazer. So they offer him the Isotope Dog Supreme, as you discussed. It looks delicious and sounds delicious. It looks so good. I, I love a good loaded hot dog like that. I mean, I'm not a fan of the chili dog. I think that's sort of, that could be a bit too much, that's too much meat. Mm-hmm. But um, My hot dog days well, are over much- because I don't eat pork anymore, but I used to love the Wendy's hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. When I was a kid, if we went to Cry Village, which is, you know, for those who aren't from Geelong, just like the local shopping complex kind of thing from where I grew up. If we went there, mm-hmm. like we went shopping with mum and she didn't buy me a hot dog from Wendy's, it was a bad day. 
Oh. Because <laughs> Wendy's used to be just sort of just a few stores up from... We used to, my used to shop... Do you remember Franklin's Fresh? Uh, the name rings a bell, Franklin's absolutely. Fresh was like the poor man's Coles. That's where we used to shop. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's now, it's now Woolworths at the village. But yeah, we used to shop at Franklin's, just a few shops up. Yeah, well, in between the... In between... um. Franklin's Fresh and where Wendy's was was a couple of butchers. They used to have two guys out the front on microphones just constantly competing and battling for the for the service of the... Oh, the Sprookers. Oh, it was oh, so wow. good, man. But like you'd walk past and it would almost be like a, in the front row of a stand-up routine where they're just trying to... They point you out all the time. It's like, oh, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> good on them. It's nice work if you can get it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever spoken about this place on the podcast in the past, but... Uh, in the 80s, and I think in, even in the early 90s in Geelong, because we've got uh, we've got our mall, so to speak, our sort of uh, open-air plaza. And uh, uh, What did you just call it? An open-air plaza? Well, that's what I mean. Uh, uh, when you say mall, you tend to think of like a shopping mall. I mean, that's what, you, that's what you'd call Market Square. Are, are you referring plaza. to the mall? Yeah. Do you, in what, the mall? What, in what way is the mall a plaza? Well, it's sort of open air, you know, and it's got seats and, you know, it had a fountain and all that kind you of You made things. it sound so extravagant. I'll, I'm, ready, I'm willing to run with it. Like, come down, check out our open air plaza, but you're going to be stabbed. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Forgive me for trying to a little <laughs> civic pride in, a, in my town. <laughs> but it used to have a place and it was like, it was basically a little hole in the wall cafe. Not even a cafe because it only did one thing. It was called Diggity's Hot Dogs. Diggity's Hot Dogs. Where was it situated? In the open air. It plaza. was at the. It was you know the stairs that you took to go up to the Golden Q Pool Hall. Mate, you're talking to a 30 year old here. No idea what you're talking about. Okay, you don't remember the Golden Q? <laughs> no. Were you ever? I remember. Uh, I remember the Golden Triangle. I think. I, I think. I think we're talking about the same place. Now the Golden Triangle was is on Mallop Street. It's now Rivers. We may we may be talking about different places, <laughs> but uh, there was a place called the Golden Q that was a pool hall. Okay, uh, but and you went up the stairs to get there. It was it was also it was also a very dangerous place. You didn't go there unless you were sort of a tough dude, or really desperate to play certain video games, which I was. Yeah. But uh, at the base of the steps, it was it was basically like a, a shoebox on its side. It was very very small. But um, it had like a little hot dog bain marie, that spiky thing where you put the buns. Oh, yeah, you know, the hot, is it? The, yeah, 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 yeah. But they had the most beautiful soft buns and, I don't know, some particular type of sauce and mustard. I used to love Diggity's hot dogs. The, oh, my God. The, it was the buns like, have to be soft. I don't like the ones that sort of to- the ones that toast the buns a little bit. Not, not for me. The buns have to be super soft. They would they, they they wouldn't even toast them. They just sort of they'd heat them up just a little bit. Yes, yeah, I mean they'll be they weren't crunchy at all. They were still incredibly soft, but they were warm. Then they would you know whack the dog in there, get some sauce and some mustard on it. Oh, so nice to the point where I was like, yeah, I think I think I was yeah like a, I was a kid when I'd go there and get a hot dog, but I was like, man, I tell you what, when I grow up, I just I'd want to buy Diggity's hot dogs and just sell hot dogs all day. You know, it's um. <laughs> Look at I would now. come. I, mean, at, I would. I would give up my non-pork rule and come buy hot dogs from you if you own a hot dog place. <laughs> <laughs> you in a little, little like dairy man's little cap, <laughs> selling hot dogs with an yeah, apron on, yeah. man. I'll be all about it. Uh, <laughs> I'd, 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 it, this this could be a, a a late career change for me, like the hot dog vendor man. You know, but um, oh, Diggity's hot dogs was fantastic. So yes. 
I think that was where my love of the hot dog began, and uh, and it currently sort of um, has ended with the isotope dog, isotope dog supreme, which just looked like a magnificent uh, yes. wiener. Certainly did. And Homer, looking at all the different ingredients, realizes that the Southwestern associates it with. Albuquerque, and everyone realizes, wait a minute, he's telling the truth. It is right there going to be the Albuquerque isotopes. <laughs> Even the rapper says Albuquerque isotopes. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly covering their tracks well. I love this moment here. So the, the owner's just basically like, skid him, Duffman. And Duffman's, and Homer's just like, no, Duffman, don't do it. For once, stand up for the little guy. And Duffman's like in two minds, <laughs> and Duffman makes the right decision. It's such The ending is such a feel-good ending, isn't it? it? It really is in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, Homer has succeeded, you know, he's, he's held true yes, to his beliefs and 100%. his convictions. Like he, he, was, he, Duff, he fought for the little man and he fucking won, man. He did. Duff, you know, Duffman did a face turn uh, and everyone's, you know, very happy that the isotopes are sticking around in Springfield. And, you know, Homer gets to be the hero running around the field and just, you know, catching lovely snacks a la Pac-Man as he goes. You know what I like too? Moments like this when they happen on The Simpsons. I love it when the family have a reason to be proud of Homer. True, yes, a, v- a very good point, and uh, well, this is a very good reason to be proud of him. Yes, he's uh, stood by, as I said, stood by his convictions, and for a very, very good cause as well. There's not, you know, there's a little bit selfish about it, I'm sure, but uh, no, primarily, he's a good guy. So, if you're listening to this and you haven't gone and watched Hungry Hungry Homer f- before you've listened to us, then go and do it right now. It is one of my favorites of season twelve. I think it's one of my favorite ones that we've reviewed since I've been starting to do the show with you. I, I just really enjoyed it. I mean. The, this, the the little weird ending with the mayor at the end aside, I just I was so happy after watching this episode. I just, it just made me feel good. It was yep. great. A lot to like in this one. It's a, it's a very, very feel-good episode. What did we learn, what did we learn Palmer? Palmer? So what did you learn for the episode, Mr. Davis? Oh, that um, I should probably invest in some mango lime salsa and jalapeno dressing and go get myself a nice fat br- uh, bratsky. And whip myself up a treat. Actually, no, I should not do that. And just maybe go have a salad. No, what, what you need to go. What you should have learnt was go and get yourself an ABN and start digging these hot dogs again. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, what am I thinking? Yeah, because I know I've got at least one, you know, repeat customer <laughs> in one Brendan Dando. I've learnt that. What'd I'm, you learn? I've learnt that I'm glad that Nicola took Mrs K's advice because I am batting way above my average. <laughs> It's the Guy Davis New Name Championship here on the Four Finger Discount. So, Mr. Davis, the current leaderboard stands at this. on uh, In third position on 11 points, we have Josh Hedge. In second position on 12 points, we have Alistair Danik. And in first position on a whopping 15 points is D.L. Gorman. So, take it away, Mr. Davis. What have we got for Hungry Hungry Homer? Well, look, they uh, they came through with some uh, some good new titles at uh, at last count. Just before we started recording, uh, we had sixty nine new uh, alternative titles, as they say on the internet. When that number comes up, nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but let's go with uh, gold, silver, and bronze. Starting with one point, and I think we are going to give it to Talia Enriquez Talia for. Enriquez. Yes. Who uh, first time on the leaderboard for Talia? Nah, or she's she... had one point in the past, so she's now on two points. Two points. Do a points for the good, the bald, and the hungry. Oh, that's very good. Well played. I like it. I like that very much from Talia. Two points 
Go to Alistair Denner. Ooh, on 14, only one point behind DL as it currently stands. What's Alistair got for us? Alistair gave us, in a nice Simpsons shout-out, the man who couldn't chow down. That's awesome. Well done, Alistair. <laughs> that is nice, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but three points, and uh, it's quality and quantity this time around from Neil Parks. Neil Parks. He gave, us, he gave us two good ones this time around. Fasting and Furious, mm-hmm. I thought was pretty good. Yeah, That's not bad That's at all. really good, yeah. What sent him over the top for mine was no munchie for bald man. <laughs> Anything that appeals to your love of a country, no country for old men is going to win. <laughs> exactly. Now, I don't know if Neil Parks knew that, but uh, look, it, it, that just leapt out at me. Um, and I, he had to get the three points that time around. So, yeah, Neil... You're on top this time around. To say it once again, what, what, what was Neil Parks? What was the winner? He gave us Fasting and Furious, yep. which I very much yeah, enjoyed, yeah. but also No Munchie for Bald Man. No Munchie for Bald Man. That's the kind of quality you need to deliver people if you want to get a top of the Guy Davis New Name Championship. So the current leaderboard after that round has Josh Hedge still in third position on 11. Alistair is climbing ever so close to the top of the of the mountain on 14 points. And DL's just clinging on on 15 points. And I'm very surprised. I'm not going to lie. I had a quick skim through. I expected DL to make it because DL did have some great new names this week. DL did have a few good ones, but uh, I thought these ones were just the, uh, the summit this time around. Yes, so, okay. Uh, no disrespect to DL. No disrespect to anyone who... Uh, who uh, supplied alternative tiles this time around, but uh, it was Talia, it was Alistair, and it was Neil Parks. Well, thank you guys for contributing to the Guy Davis New Name Championship this week. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of the New Name leaderboard, the Guy Davis leaderboard, you're just going to be a four-figure discount mm-hmm. patron for as little as one single dollar I dollar we do per month. Just go sign up, patreon.com slash four-figure discount. <laughs> or if you don't want to do that, that's perfectly fine as well. We love each and every one of you. You can also contribute via Twitter and Instagram. So who have we got this week via Twitter, Mr. Davis? Okay, at Andrew NLSC says the fasting and the furious. Not too bad. At Mick underscore DeMarco, Michael Houston says weight loss. That's weight, W-A-T-E, weight loss there. Uh, I mean, Dan Thompson, at Dan Thompson 1086, hunger strikeout. You can always rely on Mr. Dan Thompson to send in a good new name here on Twitter. And finally here, oh, I like this one because one of my favorites from season 11, I believe. It's a play on that one. Uh, Dylan Harris, so at Dylan the Harris says, guess who's not coming to dinner? So well played to all our Twitter followers. Thank you for sending in. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. Now let's move across to the Instagram page. Just scrolling through here. So what names have we got? So like I said, follow us at Four Finger Discount. Uh, ooh, not bad here. From at Samson Boychip. Uh, Take me to the bold game. <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, oh, not bad here. At Liquiformation. Make America wait again, as in W-E-I-G-H-T. Okay, at Dom Frez, Homer strikes out. So thank you once again, guys, for sending in your new names from Twitter and Instagram. We can always rely on our beloved followers on Twitter and Instagram, can't we, Mr. Davis? Oh, my God. Social media is just teeming with uh, intelligent and tasteful people uh, listening to and digging the show. Oh, my God. It's incredibly, it's it's touching is what it is. Don't forget, guys, follow us on Twitter if you're not already, uh, at Four Finger Pod and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram to make sure you can get your, hopefully, your name read out on next week's show if you contribute a alternate title. So now, Mr. Davis, it is time for... Jamil! 
The mail is here. Ooh. Yes, the mail is here, and we've got some great questions coming through this week. All right, this one comes through. So we've got a lot of double up. So this this question here comes from both Catalina Wine Mixer as well as Mr. Seth Weens. They say, what is the one thing you would go on a hunger strike for? What would you go on a hunger strike for, Dando? Do you, do you know? Is there anything that you feel that strongly about, that, uh, that passionate about? In all seriousness? For Elliot to go to sleep? <laughs> I was about to say, for a, a, a solid night's sleep, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then if I, if I could, you know what? Actually, I would go on a hunger strike if it just meant Nicola could get a, a good night's sleep. Oh, that's very. You're a supportive dude to that to that good lady of yours. Well done, Dando. Ah, uh, trust me, I've got a good end of the stick. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right. Me, on the other hand, I'm very very selfish because what the first thing that sort of I thought of uh, was, do you ever do you have like a favorite TV show that maybe ended after one season, and you're like. Wait a minute! I could I could gladly go two more of that. Or you ended on a cliffhanger. I need to know what happened. You mean besides Firefly? Uh, well, besides Firefly, yeah. Or but like Firefly, Fi- hey, you got Serenity the movie. Calm down. Oh, uh, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, shows that ended early. When I was a kid, I was flabbergasted, absolutely flabbergasted at the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures animated series only lasted one season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fir- and you only had to wait a few years and then you got Bill and Ted face the music I know it's not the same thing but uh, I, I know there is a sec- you- there is a second season of the animated series but it wasn't it didn't star Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter and um and Carlin it just had some other dudes it wasn't the same but yeah I always wish there was more because honestly I still enjoy that show now I know it's a cartoon but still it's it's very much like the films. If you're a Bill and Ted fan, I highly recommend you go out and source the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures Season 1 cartoon series. It's really good stuff, and I, I wish I had a chance to make more episodes with with Keanu and Alex. Dan, you realise that we've been talking about a cartoon show for, you know, weeks and weeks and months and months and years and years. Have we? <laughs> I, I, I'm aware of this, but see, the thing is, for some reason, The Simpsons just seems to get sort of put into a, a different category. Like, you talk about cartoons that used to air on in the afternoons and it's not the same uh, as the Simpsons yeah. you know what I mean like I, I don't want people out there to go ew a fucking kid cartoon like, Bill and Ted's cartoon is really good I highly recommend it <laughs> no way well I, I feel much the same way about a, a, another show that um, I think it aired in maybe the early 2000s mm-hmm. um, only went for one season it's called Now and Again and you can get the whole thing on um, on DVD and Blu-ray I think uh, but it was it was a really neat concept this uh, this family man he was basically, <laughs> well, it looked like he died in an accident, but it turns out he was actually killed, I think. And they, this top secret scientific government organization basically did it so they could take his brain and put it into the uh, genetically engineered body of this super soldier to make him, like, you know, think and feel and all that kind of stuff. They had the body, they, just, they, they had the engine, they just didn't have the computer, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So they put this guy's brain into this body and all that kind of stuff. But, then the guy started, um, any brainwashing they'd done on him didn't really work out. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm a guy who's, you know, loves his wife and he's got a daughter. I had a whole kind of life. And he ended up sort of insinuating back into the life of this woman who thought she was widowed and this daughter who, you know, thought she was orphaned and all that kind of stuff. And sort of becoming a part of their lives. It was a really weird combo of... X-Files and family drama and conspiracy, you know, thriller and all this kind of stuff. And it was it was really good. It was weird and quirky. I, I, 
enjoyed the hell out of it, and it ended on this absolute cliffhanger, you know, and it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what happens next season. Wait, it's cancelled? There's never going to be any more of it? And this was like 20 years ago, and I'm still like, oh man, you know what, I'd really love another, uh, just a, a movie wrapping up now and again. And you know what, I would probably give up food for at least a few days <laughs> to get it. I, I, I would go on a hunger strike, actually just thought of a new one, for John Favreau to just remake the new trilogy of the Star Wars. <laughs> Ooh, good idea. <laughs> just, they, they, they never happened. We're starting again. <laughs> given it, yeah, given how much we were, we're enjoying Mando. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. I think that's another good one. Next question here comes from both Andrew Parker and Alice Kaylee Burton. They ask, what is your favourite hot dog topping? Now, I didn't mention earlier when we were discussing hot dogs so the thing about wendy's what i love so much about it was they used to slather butter on that stick thing that they shove the bun on mm. and and they rub it up and down before they put the hot dog in it sounds very sexual but man it was <laughs> i was about to say it's getting <laughs> raunchy it sounds right it, it sounds sexy and it tasted even sexier it was fucking great <laughs> <laughs> um look my favorite it's my favorites i don't know if it's a hot dog topping so much but it's definitely like a sausage and bread topping I mean, not quite Bunnings kind of thing, but I mean, Dando, you remember that uh, actually not long after we met that I came down to Packington Street one day at, where they were, always had that sausage sizzle and discovered, hey, wait a minute, Dando's manning the grill. What's going on here? <laughs> and it was, uh, uh, Nicola had some sort of charity thing going on. Uh, so I gladly, you know, threw in a couple of gold coins and, and got myself a very tasty snag in bread. So I always really enjoyed that of a Saturday morning. It was kind of my Saturday morning ritual. Saturday morning sausage is great, isn't it? It's really, really good. And then, you know, in the in pandemic times, they weren't really doing that as much anymore. And, you know, I was quite bereft there for a while. You know, I was <laughs> sitting in my house on a Saturday morning going, <laughs> I really wish I could have a sausage. And I, it's I, like, I need my sausage. Uh, hey, wait a minute, dickhead. You know, if you went down to various places, you could buy bread, sausages, <laughs> and various condiments to place on the bread and so uh, the sausage in bread. So I started doing that. Ooh. You know, uh, found a terrific butcher, and it's like, oh man, is it is it those cicada meats? Um, I did cicada meats for a while, and then I did another place that had these really nice um, Irish pork snacks, these Ooh. dirty, great thick bastards. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, which butcher was that? Uh, this was at the Strand. Yeah, the one near the one near Woolworths. Yeah, the one Fuck, near Woolworths. Those, those Irish pork sausages. Just Nicola swears by them. She loves them. They are fantastic. Yeah. So I I got a bunch of those and you know got enough for a month. Put them in the freezer and but every you know every week I'd break one out. It's like oh yeah nice. Get a good a nice fresh bread roll. Um, and what I would put on it would be the traditional uh, tomato sauce. Uh, nice American mustard, um, gherkin spread, mm. and caramelized onion. And I'll tell you what, oh, very nice. Just, yep, hit the spot and then some. Just kept hitting, hitting, hitting that spot. Onion above or below sausage? Uh, I had it so it was caramelized onion and gherkin spread, then the sausage, then sauce and mustard on top. Ooh, sounds delicious. It's really nice. Uh, and final question here before we wrap up this mailbag, we've got Harrison McClure. And the question is, what is the most impressive amount of food you or we have ever eaten? Well, I like to think that every amount of food I eat is quite impressive <laughs> um, or even distressing to some people. It's like, oh, he's a remorseless eating machine. <laughs> um. I heard they shaved the gorilla. <laughs> 
In my case, not even shaved. Um, uh, but I do recall that um, when my mate JP and I first started uni... Um, he sounds like such a uni friend. Yeah, my mate JP. Oh, JP's been my friend since I was about six years old. Okay, cool. Uh, but we were at uni together and, uh, you know, we'd uh, have, a, like have a morning class and JP had the car at this stage, so we would you know, stop off for somewhere for lunch and we both enjoyed KFC... Uh, and at this stage, they weren't having strips or anything like that. It was basically, you could get chicken or you could get nuggets. Or, like, or a burger. Yeah, yeah. You could get a, I think you could get a burger as well. But yep, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, they weren't getting too sort of fancy with other bits of chicken that you could get. I remember when they brought in Christmas strips, that would have been mid to late 90s. So, yeah. Yeah, so this was just pre that. Yeah. Uh, but I think we were sort of constantly egging each other and go like, I reckon I, I reckon I could eat more nuggets than you. It's one of those dumb sort of late adolescence, early adult things where you're sort of, you know, showing off with pretty much everything. It's like, oh, I bet I could do more chin-ups. And for some reason, we're doing it with nuggets. Yeah, yeah. You feel, um, you, you feel like a big man because you can eat more than your mate. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So I think we both, you know, um, had like 24 nuggets mm-hmm. each one, one day um, and, and, and chips and a drink. So, I mean, look, people out there may be going, eh, 24 nuggets is nothing, mate. But to us, it felt like quite the achievement. Well, I see people smash it down at work all the time now, particularly because KFC currently have the 24 nuggets for $10. The guys in the office literally all got one of them the other day and just smashed it out at lunchtime. Oh, dick. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not quite the achievement I thought it was, but back in the day. And it also set a bad precedent as well because now it's just like, mm, no, more is always... <laughs> More is never enough. <laughs> I remember for myself, I smashed out this thing called the Mount Palmarama. And Ooh. it was at the, what's the pub on the Trobe Terrace? It's Palmy Bandit now. It's the one on the corner there. It's on the Trobe Terrace. Oh, uh, yeah. It's Is it the Cremorne? Cremorne, something the like Carrington? that. It's the one near Geelong's, Geelong's home footy ground. And yeah, opposite KP, opposite Cadenia Park. Yeah, yeah. The thing about Geelong, there's like, Four pubs that all start with a C, and they're all in the same like suburb, just about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all relatively close. So I'm, I don't think it's the Cremorne. No, nah, the Cremorne's the one that's about, on. But, Parker, I, but I think, yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's in the vicinity. Yeah. Oh, for I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. Latrobe Terrace pub, just so I can make sure yeah. this is out there. All right, Latrobe Terrace. <laughs> it's probably it's probably not even going to start with a C now. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Clarendon, Clarendon. Oh, there we go. Yes. They used to have this thing called... Maybe it was the Sawyer's Arms I went to, which is just around the corner as well. Anyway, it was a pub in that vicinity. I can't remember. It was, I was like 20 years old. I was there with my friends. And we decided to get the Mount Palmarama. And what it was, was uh, three palmies stacked up on top of each other. So three lots of cheese, three lots of sauce, three lots of ham, three chicken parmigianas. And then on the side, you had a big plate of nothing but chips. And I what? smashed the entire thing. <laughs> Good Lord, sir. That is impressive. That, I mean, that's yeah, that's a genuinely impressive eating feat. Yeah, well, the thing was, if you ate it all, you got a half price. They would they wouldn't even give it for free. You, to, you only got it for half price, but still, I got like a fifteen dollar triple palmy. It was great. <laughs> how did how did you feel in the coming oh, days? Not pleasant at all. Like I, I <laughs> it yeah, it wasn't good. It was just bowel movements were just not going at all. It just wasn't happening for oh, me. Oh, wasn't pleasant. But you I, clogged that, up the plumbing. Doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't beat though. I remember one time when I was working at Coles, I would have been 17 or 18. And a similar scenario, like you said, with your friend JP, where just young doofuses egging themselves on, you know, I bet you can't eat this much, but you can't eat that much. Well, there was this guy 
oh, what was his name? Ned. His name was Ned, right? And he was sort of like <laughs> there was three guys that worked in the um in the in the second shelves and whatnot. There was like the the the, the trio of guys. They were like the cool guys, but there was like one of them was like the dumb one, and that was Ned. And they used to always egg Ned on to do these things, and they egged him on to eat a large pounder meal from McDonald's. And a large oh. pounder meal is four quarter pounders in one burger. And he ate the what? entire thing on a 15-minute smoko. Jesus, Ned. <laughs> so a large chips, large Coke, had to be Coke, and a large pounder burger, and they, they paid for it. They said, we'll pay for it if you eat it. And he smashed the whole thing on a 15-minute smoko, the whole lot. It was impressive. I wonder where Ned is now. <laughs> Long live Ned. He's gone. <laughs> uh, and before we wrap up the mailbag, actually, we thought we'd delve into the uh, our mailbag from our other listeners, not our patrons. So mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. Continue to send in your questions or just your messages. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. So this one here comes from Mr. Uh, Chris Lee. He says, hi, Guy and Dando. Well, the inevitable has happened. I finally caught up with all of the Four Finger Discount podcasts. I'm a postman in Northampton in the UK and started listening to Season 1, Episode 1 back in July. Well, three months later, well, it's more than that now. So long ago, this, this message came through. Uh, and being able to listen to the podcast for at least five or six hours a day, I have now caught up, but thank you so much. I've been able to listen to and daydream about The Simpsons whilst working has been an absolute godsend and I've just lost track of how many times I've last, laughed my ass off at you guys while at customers' doorsteps. Thank you for many <laughs> hours of entertainment and for keeping me sane as I've worked throughout this entire COVID pandemic. Well, what, big thumbs up to you, Chris, for you know getting out there and actually doing the, the hard yards and working during this pandemic. Many of us got the chance to work from home, but not you, sir. You've been out there each and every day risking it all. So thank you so much for, for your service, but thank you for writing in as well. Um, yes, so thank you for... Listen to the podcast, Chris Lee. Don't forget, guys, you can send in your notes like that, your lovely love letters to Guy and myself, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. You might try and find one more love letter. What have we got? All right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, keep them coming. Oh, my, my ego needs it. <laughs> Alrighty. So this one here, Dan Howden says, Hey, guys, long-time listener and reader of our book. Thank you. Oh, by the way, guys, we have a book. It's uh, Homer's Odyssey and the Big and Simpsons Guide. You can find it on all major book websites and in major bookstores. If you want a, a cheap Christmas stuff, it's like 20, 25 bucks. Get that. If you've got a Simpsons fan in the family, it's the perfect stocking stuff a gift this year for Christmas. Uh, oh, yeah. Just want to throw a suggestion our way regarding the future of the podcast. Admittedly, it's none of his business or concern what we do with our project, but it's been years and years since he listened to the first episode of the podcast. So long, even that he can't even barely remember what we said in the first episode. So since Guy has come to the show, it's been an absolute breath of fresh air. I completely agree. You bring a whole new fresh perspective to the show. It's been great. And he would just like to emphasize how much he would love for us to just start The Simpsons from scratch again when we started getting to like the no laugh zone of say season 15, 16. Well, I've always said from the start, I'm never going to stop. I'm going to continue doing it, you know, smash through it. We're not going to just go, well, The Simpsons is no good anymore. We're going to keep review. Even if they're bad, we'll let you guys know if they're bad. We'll keep sticking through it. Um, but he says he loves the pod, been listening since the beginning, and hope it can continue for many, many years. Uh, God bless to us both. So thank you, Dan, for writing in. Um, Mr. Davis, I think we should throw this to the listeners, both patrons and just regular listeners as well. Like everyone out there listening right now, would you be interested in hearing Guy and myself Maybe not necessarily starting the entire show from scratch again, like as a separate show where we'd review every episode, but maybe we could like pick a few of the golden episodes from each season, do you think? 
I think that's a very good idea. I think it's certainly something we should throw open to our our pals out there. Let us know which ones you would be interested in hearing Dando and I sort of revisit and review. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea because I I think it's a, I think it's definitely a, a, something we should be considering because. You've. I actually said this to Nicola the other day. There's a few episodes we've uh, reviewed recently, particularly even like last week, New Kids on the on the Black. I feel like if, if it was this was still Mitch and I, I feel like it wouldn't have had so much positivity. I feel like you just bring this whole fresh ball of positivity positivity to the show that you've made me see these episodes in a whole new light. And I think going back and watching the originals when they actually were like genuinely like fantastic episodes. I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on those. It'd just be so much fun. So I reckon, guys, write in mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. Send any messages. Would you like to hear Guy and myself uh, review some of the more classic episodes from the first 10 seasons? Because I think it would be a whole lot of fun. As do I. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's at fourfingerpod. Instagram is at fourfingerdiscount. And Facebook as well, facebook.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Uh, if you want to be a part of the Guy Davis Newton Championship and support the show and get a bunch of exclusive uh, podcasts as well, get this show a week early as well as our other podcasts, Talking Seinfeld, Taz, Futurama, uh, Take It Like a Mandalorian a, a few weeks early as well, just go to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. I'll check the link in the description of the podcast. Also, please make sure you rate and review us in the iTunes store. I do love reach, uh, reading each and every one of your reviews. If you chuck us five stars as well, that would be great. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? Me so hungry. Shh.